Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and Matthew is back yet again today. Good to have you here, Matthew. How are you today? Oh, I'm excited to be here. You know, on the road trip up here, our kind of road is so kind of abundant in nature. Oh, like, it is. I know that road. Oh, the Freeman's Waterhole. I mean, yes. all the way up here, it's just abundant with the colours of, you know, your blues, your browns, your greens. And just as I came here and looked at the trees that we, this, this purple one right here, uh, the names escaped me. Um, but it just reminds me that God is so interested in giving us peace that just looking at these colours, vivid in nature, really uplifts the mood. So I'm quite at peace today, especially when we've had some chaotic startings. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, you know, the thing is that basically, yeah, I mean, God's nature is amazing and also we've just had some beautiful rain. So it's just been yes. exceptional in every way. So, um, yeah, we just uh, are grateful for that, um, that we've had rain and there's going to be more rain coming in every way. Lavender tree, that's the tree. Oh, nice, lavender tree. Uh-huh. Hey, we just want to let our nis- listeners know today that, um, yeah, for, uh, Lawson's going to be in Canberra this weekend presenting with uh, Speaker Lloyd Grolamond, also who is the Aussie pastor, and also Robbie. Um, you'll probably see the signs up around Canberra for our listeners. That's the news there for this weekend. Um, so Lawson will be speaking down there. Shell, unfortunately, producer Shell is not well today. She's in here for a brief moment, and Pete will be stepping in shortly. So we just want to wish Shell all the very best to just get better and just hang in there with us today we're hoping that we'll continue to have a great uh, show and a great smooth run for you and with us to get today in every way because we've got some really fantastic segments coming up today um, and we'll be letting you know that really shortly after we actually have our weather forecast but we just hope that you're having a really good day so far great start to the day just like we have had here on the show on our show today. In our interview we have the fantastic Tony Benjamin from Voice of the Martyrs. Always incredible stuff that he shares. In our news segment we're looking at new archaeological findings in Italy and in the Bible we're looking at the Good Samaritan story as we continue Mission to My Neighbour series. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. To the breakfast show with Danuta and Matthew this morning, um, and we are grateful that we can be here for our last day with you. Well, not grateful that it's the last day, but that we've actually had a really enjoyable week. And you've been in here a few times, Matthew. We're excited that you're in here too, as well. So, um, unfortunately, as we mentioned earlier, Shell has um, had to go home. She's really not well. Keep her in your prayers. And Pete will be stepping in shortly. But we're keeping the show going so that we can all be blessed today and have a happy start to the day and have good news. We love good news here. We like to be positive, don't we, Matthew? Oh, we do. We do. And we can't keep it to ourselves. It can't be no. contained. We've got to give it to others. Absolutely. That's it. So here is time for our first quiz question for today. Please take it away, Matthew. Howdy, friend. So just starting off our first quiz question, it says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be, what is it, blank. To me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I'll read it again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be blank to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts 1 8. 
Okay, text us in your answer on 0491-064-669 and you'll go into the draw for two books that actually happen at quarter to nine today. We have been mentioning, of course, the New King James Version. It is written version of the Bible um, that has actually got study helps out the back by uh, Pastor John Bradshaw. Um, and uh, and it will actually strengthen your Bible reading and also help you discover more things. It's a beautiful gift to have in your home. And also, I mean, if you want to give it away as a gift to somebody to pass on the good news, that's what we talk about, um, uh, then, then, yeah, go into the draw if you haven't yet today and if you have, and sorry, if you haven't yet this week. And if you have this week, just keep on texting in because the more times you enter the more chances you have to win now i've just found out also this or late yesterday and this morning that we unfortunately here at adventist book center we don't actually have the exact version but it's going to be something very similar so we do apologize for that but it's actually going to be very similar to that that uh, new king james version bible that, that we've mentioned and also satan's trojan horse um we've just found out they're out of stock that's how popular this book actually wow. is so again we're going to find something very similar to that for you. But um, again, those two books we're mentioning, there's the New King James Version Bible. I go by, which, which version do you use? Which version? I, I like my N- NKJV, my New King James Version. New I, King James. I started with the King James, but it's so many V's and thou's and arts that I thought, you know, I need something a bit more clearer. So that, that does me very well. Right. So there you go. So I started off with a New International Version Bible. Oh, wow. Um, and I found that an easy read. Then I moved on to the New King James Version Bible. So again, that question is, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be blank to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts 1 8. What is that word for the word blank? 0491064669. And we want to go to Queensland and to Landsborough and say hi to our listeners in Landsborough, hey. Queensland. Hi, Landsborough. Do you know where it is? I just know it's in Queensland. <laughs> I got it from you. I love it. Okay. So it's a beautiful spot. I've been it's a town and, and um local local area in the Sunshine Coast. Of course the Sunshine Coast is absolutely beautiful. That's one place I would love to live in. Um and at the twenty twenty one census it actually had um around four thousand five hundred close to four thousand five hundred people. So just a really beautiful spot. So big shout out, big hello to Landsborough uh, listeners in Queensland on eighty seven. FM. Okay, we love good news here, of course, don't we? We do. And uh, so, good news this morning. We haven't done an archaeology story for some time here on on Faith FM. And this one just jumped out at me because I love history. Do you love history and archaeology? As soon as you speak those words, you're speaking my main kind of occupation. That's speaking my language. That's it, because you're on the Tut Road Show. You work with Dr. Wayne French, who was here. We interviewed him. Of yeah. course, that the Tut Road Show, when you look that up, when you Google it, um, it goes around to the different schools, to public schools and to private schools. And basically, um, you know, it's a mobile archaeological museum, you could virtually say, in three different rooms amazing amazing to see um and so we're just really excited so i've found a story on archaeological findings new ones in italy i'm intrigued to know okay tuscany is a beautiful area do you i mean everyone raves about tuscany it's one of the most beautiful areas in, in it's italy, italy. Yep. 
Okay, so here just outside of the hills of Siena, which is in this Tuscany region, um, archaeologists have actually, well, which is common, I mean, Italy overall is very common for Roman baths, right? You see the Roman baths also in in the UK in the town called Bath. Oh, right, that's interesting. That's beautiful. Like i just been there, like used to go there a lot when I was living in the UK. Just beautiful area. So here's the thing. Um, archaeologists have actually found 24 bronze statues as well as 5,000 Roman coins that are bronze, silver, and gold. Here's the amazing thing. They're actually in completely perfect condition. Yes. Which is incredible, isn't it? Because sometimes with archaeology, you just find parts, you find broken parts and things like that, um, or things going, in this case, they thought it could be green because it's been there for a long time, which I'll disclose in a sec. And it's really that you find anything that's whole. So what I'm kind of guessing you've, you're sharing something that's been found intact. Is that right? Absolutely. I'll show you the statues later. They're completely whole. Um, and the thing is, it's the mud around the thermal baths that have actually preserved them in their perfect condition. Wow. Yeah, incredible. Hey, so archaeologists first would find like a hand and then they'd keep, of course, uncovering further or they'd find a bit of a leg and they'd just keep uncovering and then suddenly they had the whole statue, like the whole... So they've got 24 statues. I'm glad you clarified that. Because I thought we were talking about a bath, and I was hearing about it's got a leg, it's got an arm, and things. Yeah, no, no, statues in the Rome around the Roman bath areas. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so here's the interesting thing: it's actually considered to be the largest amount of bronze statues from the um, Etruscan and Roman eras, which were considered to be one of the most significant and one of the most significant finds, like I say, in Italy as well as the whole of the Mediterranean. Um, and the, they're dating it back to around the period of around the 2000 BC eras. Time of Christ. Yeah. Amazing. Well, well not so much time exactly. of Christ. I mean, yeah, two, two, yeah. 200, sorry, 200, I said 2000, 200 BC. Oh, my bad. 200, 200 BC, BC yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And so in the, it's in the modern town of San Cassiano di Barney, Bagni, I think, well, Barney. Mm-hmm. So it was once a settlement of Etruscans, so the um, Etru, Etruria people, I had to actually look that up, so I'm, I'm assuming it's some of the natives. The baths were actually used by them and by the Romans later until their collapse around 600 years. Years later, the lead excavator is uh, Jaco Taboli, who's a historian from the University of Foreigners in Siena, and says the find will actually rewrite history because what they're saying is what with what they've actually found. What they've actually found is that they're actually saying that this is actually going to rewrite some of the history of this particular area because they haven't known so much, you know, like this is going back even further than what they actually know about this area. And so now they're actually going to be, you know, doing more in that area of of history and do some kind of museum with these two as well. So here's the thing. The statues depict gods like Apollo and Hygiena, which was a Greek goddess of health that was actually worshipped first in Corinth. Now, when you think of Corinth, in the Bible, we actually, you know, Paul, Paul wrote to the Corinthians. We've got first, first Corinthians, second. second Corinthians. Now, Paul, of course, was a persecutor, per- persecutor of the Jews. He was Saul who became Paul. God called him. And then he was the greatest witness. He's the one that reached to the, you know, started reaching to the Gentiles. And, um, he writes in first Corinthians eight, 
um, verse 5 and 6, he says, For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, so, see there's that word gods, mm. so here that goes with what the statues indicate that there were God. you know, these are gods, and there be gods many and lords many, but to us, here it is, there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things and we by him. Wow. In other words, he's saying here, what is Paul, Paul is saying, there is only one true God. Because, of course, in the time of Paul, there were lots of gods. Multi-demigods. Uh, polytheism was kind of the signature belief of the Romans. Is that correct? Yeah, well, and then the pa- pagan gods. It was just a really big thing. And that's why Paul writes to the Corinthians to not get caught up in those things, but to actually believe in the one true God, which is really important. And that that is the same for us. And so today, you know, we want you to, yeah, think about this one true God, but not just think about it, but just go like, you know, am I choosing to respond to him today? Right. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to the show. We're on The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Matthew. Pete has just stepped in and uh, Shell has just gone home. Uh, Shell is not well and um, and so Pete has literally just stepped in into the studio. So we apologise just for that short break. Right now we have our next quiz question, please, Matthew. Indeed. And our next quiz question is, who intervened to stop David from killing Nabal for his rudeness? I'll read it again. Who intervened to stop David from killing Nabal for his rudeness? Somebody intervened there. That's right. It? Text us in your answer on 0491064669 and you'll go into the draw to win two books today that happen. The draw happens at quarter to nine um, on um, today. And the first book is, of course, the New King James Version Bible, the Holy Bible, and the second one, the Satan's Trojan Horse, the end time, God's end time victory. Unfortunately, we um, have found out that they are out of stock, so you'll be receiving a book very similar. Similar to that. Um, and so, okay, we also, like we said, we want to shout out a special hello to Landsborough in Queensland, which is in the Sunshine Coast. The It is on 87.6 FM. So to our listeners, we want to shout out a special hello in every way. Right now, we have some news from you. Matthew, thank you. We do. Now, the title of this news it comes from nine, uh, Channel 9 News on the internet. It's a Victorian man who has he's been handed a good behaviour bond after threatening the Prime Minister via email. So if I could just start this you know, as a segue for us, have you ever regretted sending a message to someone that was done in haste and then you followed up that message to, you know, to share how it really came, should have really came across. But because you sent that message at first, you kind of regretted it. Have you done any of those before, um, Danuta? Uh, yeah, I, be, I tend to be really careful. But the other day I was sending an email that actually had a very slight type, like actually – mistyped the word and I thought when I reread my email I was just like oh man that is like that has got a completely different meaning to it that could have really been damaging to somebody and it wasn't even intentional at all so I'm glad I reread it but like yeah you've got to be really careful how you send things (laughs) absolutely and you know it's it's understandable that we can just tend to write things on the fly and it could be missing you know uh the proper context especially when you know one danger they teach you is never to write something with when you're emotionally elevated now 
Um, you've been on board meetings of the church. We've been on board meetings as well, myself. And what can tend to happen is you can just add your content in there and, and just, it sounds just very wrong until, like you said, you read it again, you know how to correct it. Well, this particular gentleman, he's 33 years old. He sent messages to three important prime ministers through the course of 2018 to 2023 to date. And the people he, um, he, he actually sent those emails to, and they, they were threatening emails. It was to, uh, Mr. Malcolm Turnbull. Scott Morrison and our Anthony Albanese. Mm. So his name is now we're not trying to defame anyone. We mention names, but we're just letting you know this is the person who wrote it. He is a 33 year old gentleman named Shui Bamal Ram, and he sent these messages. And what's interesting is later on he apologized. Ah, he, he was sorry for his emails, and when uh, he was you know, arrested by the police, interviewed, they decided that he actually has mental health issues. And we were talking about the, the effects of COVID mm. and how that's impacted with mental health. This is another mental health concern. And so this man's actually written an apology to the Prime Minister, and in grace, he's been given a good behaviour bond. Wow. So I found it really interesting because, you know, we're humans, we make mistakes. And the thing about emails and mobile phone messages, we can tend to write things in a certain way that's devoid of what we call body language or actually hearing the tone of a person's voice. So essentially, that's why we realised it's better to call someone and talk it through so you're not misinterpreted and people can see what the real concern is. Because a message, message is written in writing, it's devoid of other sort of relatable communication factors. Now, yeah, no, absolutely. And the other thing is to, um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, people can't read what's actually happening. But here's the thing I find with text messages, sometimes the phone actually type something else that you're, you know, you're typing quite quickly, quickly, but it actually, especially when you've got those in your phone that it actually puts the word together for you as you're typing. Autocorrect. Yeah. It's just like, and the number of times I've had to actually send a further text going like, whoops, this is meant to read like this. Like, do you know what I mean? So yes. yeah, it's not like the whole text has been like to the wrong person or something, but the words that are in there is sometimes the wrong thing. And so do we know exactly what he actually said to them? Basically, he threatened to to kill uh, these prime ministers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, for, but we don't know the de- further details. But the the whole threat in itself is bad enough, isn't it? And so we know that that's a really serious charge. It is in every way. And and I mean the the, the great thing is that he's been actually um, let off. They've actually realised the reasons for what was actually happening. And the key the key part that helped him get let off is what he actually said. And I've got a quote of mm-hmm. what he said. He, he said this. I do not mean you or anyone else harm, he wrote. His lawyer provided Ringwood Magistrates Court with letters from Rams, treating doctor and psychologist, and said he had struggled with anxiety and depression since becoming unemployed in 2017. See, right. that's the underlying causes. Yeah, yeah. So- Sometimes we look at the threat and we think, oh, he just wants to do us harm. This is a terrorist act. But no, actually, this is an, uh, someone crying out because of their circumstances. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you've said that rightly there, you know, the whole crying out. And of course, um, we have, in, um, on Wednesdays, we have our interviews with Jennifer Skews. And of course, Jennifer Skews, um, covers a lot about emotional health and emotional intelligence. And she says very much that those kind of things can actually, well, you know, um, mental health issues can actually happen from basically seriousness with, um, anxiety and high stress levels and that they're not doing, being dealt with at the smaller kind of levels. There can be other reasons too, but when it comes to, um, you know, those kind of things that can actually also impact us as well. So he's been given a good behaviour bond for 12 months, which is good news. 
And we thought just give a contact to folk who are struggling in these areas of mental health. It's a life, you can call on Lifeline on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. Or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 4636. Now there's a verse I'd like to give for comfort. And that verse is in Romans 6.23, the one that says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then we've got another one, you know, where it goes like this. In First John 1 9, we know this. If we mm. confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think they're just fantastic Bible verses, fantastic promises for us, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and I love the fact, too, that grace has been shown to this man. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, here was something that was going to be really serious and worse, and here grace has been shown, just as Jesus has shown us grace and in stepping in into our place. We just need to be repentive. You know, we just need to say sorry. And there's something redemptive in that where, you know, We've been parents or we've been children to a parent and we make mistakes. But the beauty is our parents willing to clean the slate. We, we, we're human natured people and we just react. But God, like in his wisdom, he knows we're like blades of grass, it says in Psalms, here one day, gone the next. He has such an empathy and a, and a sympathy for us that he desires to restore us into his likeness. Into his likeness in every way. And one of the words we're going to be unpacking after our news segment today or looking at as well in our Bible study time is compassion. Mm. You know, you're saying Jesus had empathy for people. He also had compassion for people. Um, and there's, you know, those two go hand in hand. When we show compassion to somebody, it is about reaching out to them, not judging them for their situation, um, but actually, you know, stepping out and actually being there for them in that kind of way. And I think, you know, the important thing is that they did take the threat seriously. They needed to take the, the threat Absolutely. seriously, didn't they? They did. Because, of course, you know, uh, you know, oftentimes those sort of things can actually be followed through. Um, and so, you know, their safety and their family safety and well, their safety particularly is really crucial and important in every way. But there's a story behind people, you know, which is good to do too. Like to step back outside, see this, what's the story behind you so we don't write anyone off? Uh, yeah, every, and everyone has a story don't they and that's the thing let's let's look at people's stories let's walk alongside of them let's actually sit down and listen to each other's stories and let's not move forward and judge one another in any kind of way but let's have mercy grace upon one another you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Matthew this morning, stepping in for Lawson. Lawson's going to be down in Canberra for our listeners. Of course, they'll be presenting there this weekend. And also the Aussie pastor, Lloyd Grolleman, will be down there. And also Robbie will be down there as well with them. Right now, it's come time for our next quiz question. Thank you. We're receiving your texts really well and also the answers to the quiz question. Take it away with our next quiz question, please, Matthew, before our interview this morning. Gladly. So our next quiz question, friends, is this. How many days? Oh, again. How many days? Let me go again. How many days had Jesus fasted in the wilderness when Satan tempted him to turn stones into bread? And I'll go again. How many days had Jesus fasted in the wilderness when Satan tempted him to turn stones into bread? Mm, that's a well-known story by many who know the Bible. And text us in your answer on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and you'll go into the draw for the New King James Version Bible. And
And also for the book, we're going to get something similar to this one, Satan's Trojan Horse, God's End Time Victory. Of course, we've just found out that that one's not in stock. Um, just, yeah, too, been too popular. So we're going to get something similar to that for you. Once again, that question is, how many days had Jesus fasted in the wilderness when Satan tempted him to turn stones into bread? I'm glad you said that fresh uh, straight off. Sometimes my thoughts go faster than my words. Like <laughs> That's all right. We all have that. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Right now we have our interview this morning with Tony Benjamin from Voice of the Martyrs. Good morning, Tony. Are you there? Morning, Tony. A very good morning to you guys. And hey. you too. We're glad. We're always grateful when you come on the show. We find out so much what is happening on the world, around the world. And of course, Voice of the Martyrs is actually, um, well, you tell us in, just really briefly because some of our listeners have never actually listened, um, to may, maybe haven't listened before to Faith FM and have jumped on today. But you do a tremendous work amongst those who are being persecuted Christians. So just, just let us briefly know and then take, Take us to where you're going today, please. Excellent. Well, Voice of the Martyrs is uh, 53 years old, and we work with persecuted Christians in roughly 68 countries around the world, um, providing them with spiritual and uh, physical needs um, for them to be able to endure and to overcome the persecution in whichever uh, part of the world they find themselves. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's what we do. And uh, our challenge is becoming ever greater, as you can imagine, with world events. And that's where we're going to go today. Uh, I'd like to discuss a little bit about uh, the Christian perspective and what's happening to Christians in the Middle East, particularly Gaza and Israel. Mm. And I got quite a, a scathing email from somebody last week saying to me, you guys talk about Gaza and Palestine and that. What about Israel? And I think when we look at Israel, I think Israel has got the resources that people in that Gaza region do not even have. But in saying that, there are more than 20,000 Eritrean Christians that are in Israel. Amazing. 20,000? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And these guys are reporting now that what's happening in Israel with the bombings that are happening there from from Hamas and so on, is taking them right back to where they were in um, when they lived in Eritrea and has brought back all these fears and all of these, you know, anxiety and so on and so on for them. So I say let's spare a thought for these people too. One mm. of the positives that I believe on the Israeli side that has come out of this war and latest reports are saying that Orthodox, Messianic, and Christian Jews and people in Israel have all come together. That hasn't happened in a very long time. Mm. Um, you know, people miss the fact that there's persecution upon Messianic Jews and Christians in Israel. You know, the Orthodox Jews are pretty tough to deal with regarding that. They're totally uncompromising. So it's very difficult for anybody, even in Israel that doesn't speak Hebrew, to function in Israel. Mm. So um, that's the Israeli side. On the side of Gaza, um, we work with roughly a thousand Christians there through another organization, and they're finding it very, very, very tough, as you can imagine. Uh, you just have to look at the, you know, the secular media to know how tough it is for them over there, for just for basic needs and and uh, food and water and fuel and things like that. So through um, a number of organizations, uh, these guys have been able to get resources to Christians there 
And they've sort of gathered and sought shelter in a few of the churches that still exist there. And uh, that's where they they sought refuge and that's where they sort of settled down for a little while. But uh, it's a very difficult and tense time for them. You can imagine uh, with what's happening in that region now mm. and still being a Christian in that region, you've got less opportunity to get any resources from anybody. Well, that's the and, thing, isn't it? Because they, yeah, I mean, they are considered, you know, in, in every way just being so different. And of course, Christianity, because it's so minimal in those countries, um, and, and they're a minority, um, they are seen upon differently and the others are given priority, aren't they really? Exactly. And, and that's exactly what's happening. And this is not restricted to, uh, what's happening in the Middle East. Every time there's, even if there's a natural disaster in a country that's, got persecuted uh, Christians, you find the same thing happening. They often at the tail end of any help or any assistance, or in many cases, no assistance. Mm. So their plight is particularly challenging, I would like to think, not to take away from anything else that's happening there. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, I was fascinated if we can just go back to Israel too for just a moment, where you're saying that they're actually coming together, the Orthodox Jews, the Messianic Jews. And, the, of course, you know, the Jews, I, I mean, my husband and I went to Israel several years ago with a, with a group, and uh, we went, you know, into what's the, the, the trip was called In the Footsteps of Jesus. And we actually stopped and talked to, um, you know, different Jews because, of course, some of them are dressed differently and things like that. We thought, well, there must be just some difference, uh, you know, amongst them. And yet the thing is they said, you know, of course, we know that historically when the temple um, was destroyed, you know, in Jerusalem, they scattered, didn't they? And mm-hmm. and so then they've come back and now here there's this further persecution that is happening that is in many ways, you know, canon can and attempting to scatter them. But what we're finding here is that they're actually coming together. That's true, and no matter what your denominational persuasion, I think if you look at what it says, and it was quite apt, I thought, your book you're giving away speaks on the end times. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that it does say biblically is that they will come together, as you've said, and uh, that is exactly what's happening. And we've got um, uh, partners that we work with that are um, chartering aircraft and so on just to bring many of them back to Israel. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting phenomenon, I believe. Um, but, you know, just to follow on from that, I think when you look at all of what's happening, I look at it in the context of uh, Ephesians 6.12, which it says our fight is not against flesh and blood, that's but it. against principalities and powers. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at all of what's going on in that context, I do believe it makes a lot more sense. And it's not limited or restricted to... Uh, Gaza or whatever you want to call it uh, and uh, Israel this is a spiritual fight around our faith and Islam and and you can call it radical Islam there is no radical Islam there's Islam that's it mm-hmm. and um, that's what it is and I think more so ever now and people you know it surprises me that people are so duped by the secular media into showing one side of what's happening and mm. not the other side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a, well, it's a, you know, it's a concerning thing. It's not scary. It's concerning. But I believe we need to really uh, consider and focus on prayer into these situations. Now that is our most powerful weapon we have. And any Christians that have concern, as I would think many of us would, 
need to go back to God's word and see what he says about these sorts of things. And, mm. you know, let not your heart be troubled, he says, you know. Yes. And, and so on. And I think that's, that should be our go-to place and our go-to position when we, when we bombarded by all this, um, news on the mainstream media and we, and it, and it sort of determines our position we take subtly. We need to be mindful and just go back to what God's word says and draw our strength out of that as every persecuted believer that I know certainly does. Absolutely. I love that. And about how you're saying, Tony, to go back to God's word, because there's so many promises that are there for us, as well as the stories of those who had trouble and difficult times, but they actually give us hope for the future. Um, and well, the present and the future in so many ways, doesn't it? And, you know, when we say, you know, also that they're coming together, we find that people when, when they're under persecution or troubled times, or we even find that here, for example, when there've been floods or where there's, where there's earthquakes, it brings people of all different cultures, of all different denominations together because they are experiencing the same thing, but they're also comforting one another, don't they? Um, and that's that's the love of Jesus that then shines through for one another in so many ways. You know, when you look at it biblically, the church is advancing, and that is why there's so much backlash against the church at the moment because persecution is the, the world's... Um, discontent with the gospel. That's what it is. So when you look at how much of uh, upheaval we're having and pushback against the gospel, even in our own Australian society, that's the fear of the world of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So what does the Bible tell us to continue to be a faithful witness? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to be focusing on, being Mm -hmm. a faithful witness, because the world is in fear of God's word. But why are they in fear? Because the gospel is continuing to advance. That's what's happening. Yes. Tony, yeah. can I ask you, that's an important kind of question you've raised. Why is the the world in fear? Do you believe it's because they also, because they don't want to have have a God in their life? Well, that's that's definitely it. I mean, you either live in fear or you live in faith. Yeah. So for us that live in faith, we have Christ on our side. We've committed our lives to him. We've you know, we've gotten saved and so on and so on. So, I mean, fear is driven by what? You know, uh, fear is driven by darkness mm. and uh, relying on yourself and all of these sorts of things where God's word gives us all those comforts. His word says the promises, as you mentioned earlier, all of these things show us up and give us a confidence and an inner knowing guided by the Holy Spirit that, the Lord is there with us. He's walking that journey with us, as he says he does. Mm-hmm. So we should not have anything to fear. A- absolutely. But if we don't have Christ in our lives, mm. well, that's a different story. So all of that fear, when you look at all of the wokeness that's happening around mm. us today, people are, are searching for things. There's a, you know, they say we live in an information age. There's a lot of information, but a serious lack of understanding. Oh, wow. Mm. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, um, 
Yeah, yeah, in a very big way. And the need for understanding is, is huge, isn't it? In, in every way. I've got a, a question, Tony, that I'm just thinking too. If we can just go back for a moment to those in Gaza, in Israel, and you're saying, you know, the basic needs and shelter is being, um, trying to be provided, you know, through Voice of the Martyrs and, um, and in every way. What happens in this case in the way of Bibles? Cause I'm assuming, you know, people sometimes will actually try and, you know, take, if they've got small Bibles to take them with with them, if they're anything like me, I it goes everywhere kind of with me. But sometimes that kind of thing can be be, be lost or needs, you know, in the quickness they've actually got to leave. Is is there a way of providing Bibles to them, or is that then putting them at far more risk if they actually have those things with them? I don't know. Look, I I would say that Bibles, sadly, at this point in time, where people are struggling to feed themselves. Is would be just a little bit further down the list for them. Mm-hmm. But I would say that as, you know, as things get to some sense or semblance of normality, those would be things that would be included in whatever gets sent over there. Mm. Remember too that we've been working there for a long, long, long time and we have been providing God's, uh, God's word there for mm. many, many years. So it's not, I wouldn't believe that they without it. Even if you look at, in the case of Richard Wormbrandt, our founder, mm-hmm. who memorized God's word, who knew God's word, and That's fellowshipping where, yeah. with other believers, yeah. you know, you know a little bit, I know a little bit, and we, we enrich and we uh, sort of lift each other up. That's it. That's more what's happening at the moment. And that's what I was wondering too, because I know like for my mum, when she had a stroke towards the end, you know, basically for her, it was everything that she memorized. And we're all called to memorize God's word for this very reason, because we don't know when it's taken away from us. So, um, but thank you so much, Tony. We always really appreciate your segment. And of course, just really important stuff there. And like you said, you know, uh, that, you know, the folk there, if they don't have God's written word right there, they have it in their minds. They've memorized. They share it amongst themselves, and there's also so many scripture songs as well that 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 I'm sure they'll probably be singing as well. So thanks again for your time, Tony. Uh, Right now we have Mark Rasmussen with "Be Thou My Vision," and let's keep in prayer those in Gaza and Israel. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM. And we are the hosts of The Marriage Project. We have a lot of fun on The Marriage Project where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage, how it translates into real life. And we want to be with you building stronger marriages. So you can join us every Friday afternoon at 3.30pm right here on Faith FM. You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show. Positively different radio.